Mini episode 1296 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1296. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with a great friend of the show, ePolitics.com editor Colin Delaney. And uh, again, we've had him on to talk politics many different times on the show, including our most recent uh, previous segment here, looking at the stretch run of the 2020 presidential election. And uh, for this segment here, a sense a couple days out before the election, some predictions. I'll, I'll offer them uh, on down the line here on what's to come, and uh, Colin can agree or disagree on these things here. Uh, Colin, I'm going to start out here. I have 21 different factors in looking at this for this election, and by my count, 15 of them favor Biden, 6 of them favor Trump. So I guess I'll start by spitting these out here, and then you tell me what you think of them uh, after I run through. So uh, the first... I got them sort of into groups here. And uh, the first group of factors is where Biden cuts into Trump vis-a-vis the 2016 election, Trump v. Hillary. He cuts into Trump with white people, old people, blue-collar people. And then also, too, the element of surprise is not there. Because the Hillary people really didn't see it coming in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. And Biden has been defending these very aggressively. So there's four factors right off the bat. Looking at the overall, they left out, they left out what, suburban women. Suburban women, okay. Well, that well, uh, that, oh, yeah. okay. So the most important of those. Well, yeah. okay. Well, that and and of that, that's probably predominantly non-college educated because that's where Trump's had. Oh no, it's a mix. It's a mix. No, the okay. Big yeah, the big swap in twenty from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen was suburban college educated white women uh, flipping to uh, Democratic. Oh, I'm glad you pointed that out. Okay, well, and, and I have something about the uh, the 2018 map subsequently here. Looking at the overall landscape in the last week of the election, the things that Trump didn't want were the coronavirus numbers to really be peaking again, a strong third wave, unfortunately, and the stock market crashing as a part of this, looking at what's happening in Europe with new lockdowns over there. This is reminiscent in some ways of 40 years ago. Uh, with a hostage crisis, it was the first anniversary of the hostages being taken on election day. So Carter couldn't get away from what was happening. And for Trump, uh, who has wanted to run on anything else this year, he hasn't had uh, that opportunity. Uh, among the other factors here with the overall landscape, this is something people aren't really talking about. You have friends and family of the 220,000-plus dead. I'm sure they have some thoughts on this thing and whether it could have been handled better or not. And also record small business failure in the country right now. Now, that could cut both ways. There might be a lot of business owners that are PO'd about the lockdowns and blaming that, but anytime you're president when you got that many uh, small businesses going belly up, it's not a good thing. 
in, in, in looking at some of the fundamentals here, Trump is playing defense almost everywhere on the map, except for Minnesota. He's making a play for that. But everything that's in play is something that he was supposed to be either winning or strongly contending in, and he's behind just about everywhere. It's a widely expanded map on Biden's terms. Along those lines, huge Democratic money lead. We've seen that down the stretch. That's translated into Democrats swamping uh, the Republicans on TV. Bigger turnout always helps the Democrats. Uh, I mean, we could throw out theories as to why, and I know I have some Trump-loving friends that might have some theories on that, but basically, bigger turnout generally helps the Democrats. Likeability. Not always, though. Not always. Not always, but generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, right, right, right. But that's, I, I got to be, you know, having spent a lot of time on political data people lately, yeah. Uh, general, general generalizations don't win races. Okay. Well, and that's and these yeah, are really these are area by it really is area by area. Well, I'm glad I got you here to fact check me on this here because yeah. that's that's good. All right. Yeah. Uh, likeability difference outside of Nixon in '68 and '72, there's generally not a candidate that wins. I mean, and look, Trump's not very likable, but I think people basically thought he was more likable than Hillary a couple of years back. So, likeability difference, he doesn't have that this time. <laughs> With Biden, yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly, uh, Trump is, and, and and I keep saying this to all my Trump-loving friends that are in a bubble and think he's still going to win this. That elections are a referendum, not a choice. Trump is desperately trying to make this a choice, but thus far it's been a referendum the whole way. Biden is led wire to wire. That's another one of my factors, uh, and also one of my factors is similarities to the House map of 2018. Everybody is too afraid to climb out on a limb and say this is Biden's race to lose because they're saying, well, what about 2016? I'm saying, what about 2018? Because the map looks yeah. very similar. The, the, the Democratic candidates who won the, 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 the tough races in 2018 in red areas, that it should have been the low-hanging fruit for Republicans this time. And we'll get to that subsequently. I don't think Republicans are going to make any gains, and they should have this time. And I don't think they will. So those are the 15 factors I have for Biden. The six for Trump. Uh, economic recovery. We are recording this on the day that, again, uh, GDP figure for the third quarter was expected to come out strong. Quote-unquote record recovery, but then again, there was a record downturn in the second quarter. Uh, unemployment uh, has improved, but again, I always think a lot of government figures are BS, to be honest with you, and I don't think, if you look around, we're not doing nearly as well as the GDP and unemployment figures say. And I'm consistent. I said that a lot when Obama was president, too. But uh, right now, I think, you know, but but for, for Trump, he's got those numbers. He's going to trumpet that endlessly. Uh, Pennsylvania and Florida, Republican registration, they have big gains this year in ways that nobody has really been able to explain on that. And uh, The Republicans have pulled money out of Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, that, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, these turnout numbers in Democratic areas are crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I so, did, so I don't, I don't know what the, what the, the, the registration. Florida is, Florida is the weird one. Yeah. Um. Uh, where they actually, I mean, like, you know, a whole lot of people moved to Florida, right? right? Just right. generally. Right. Um, and uh, uh, there really is, um, I think, uh, you know, one thing, maybe Venezuelan's coming up, mm -hmm. because the, the folks that have, you know, obviously fled Chavez and Maduro are virulently anti-socialist. Right. And this kind of conspiracy theory, Biden's a socialist thing, catches on in the circles, especially with everybody's crazy uncle. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, uh, Florida uh, uh, 
comes in, you know, more Republican people expect. Okay, well, that might account for the registration gains that the Republicans have had there. I'm just guessing uh, that. Well, no, no, you know what? That's a that's a good that's a good theory. Uh, Trump is closer in the swing states than four years ago, where he's, he he plucked off a couple of these ones. He's a little he's he's getting beat much worse nationally, but in the swing states, marginally closer, albeit kind of the air that it's almost the margin of error. How much there there was a 17-point poll in Wisconsin the other day. I did even see if that. that one's a, even I mean, if that one's an outlier. And it has like to be. Cons- it has to be. Consistently, the numbers are coming in in the high single digits. Right. Um, the COVID numbers in Wisconsin are just turning old people against Trump. Yeah. Oh, well, crazy. and and yeah. Trump Trump is being seen, I think, fairly as a spreader with having his rallies. He's had a bunch of rallies yeah. in Wisconsin, and well, and he left people out. The, I mean, sorry, that, I mean, look, advance work can fail for anybody, right? But the fact that those people were stuck out in the cold for hours—that's just crazy talk. Well, yeah, I mean, and to, the 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 problem is much like Jimmy Carter getting attacked by the rabbit in 1979. <laughs> It comes to be seen, a nice reference, huh? It comes to be seen as emblematic of what you're all about. He looks like he's That's flailing. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. He, he looks like he's flailing. It reinforces the narrative that they're the gang that couldn't shoot straight, giving people hypothermia out there in Nebraska. But we're, I, 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 it was I'm, a heck of a job, Brownie. Yeah, exactly. But ironically, as I'm talking about the points that are in his favor, there's been some rioting this week in Philadelphia, and uh, Trump's been yeah. uh, just waiting for that to come out. So there is a little bit of rioting in the news this week. That's what Trump would prefer to be talking about. That is a plus. Yeah. Any lockdown backlash out there, if you're somebody that hates the lockdowns, you're, you're voting for Trump. And I'll t- the weirdest thing is, and before you dismiss this, okay, there are people who are either moderate, apolitical, or definitely to the left of me who are so up in arms about lockouts, the lockdown stuff. Oh, I understand that. Yeah, and, understand and, and that's, that. and those Especially people. Younger, younger yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, Trump has opportunities there. That uh, and and again, from a public policy perspective, again, as I said, I voted for Joe Jorgensen, but public policy I have still found to be preferable to during the Obama years and what would be in the Biden years. So it's a thing of where, as I look at it, I mean, I'm not sitting here rooting for Joe Biden by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm somebody that is defending the science and the lockdowns when they were in there and and what we knew Uh at the time and. These are people that, again, could be susceptible to voting for Trump on that. The other thing is, and this is just anecdotal again, but somebody that was a big failure in the primaries and uh, somebody who I don't think has much of a constituency out there based on her failures, Kamala Harris, Trump hasn't been able to make it stick that she's going to be the president after Biden. But for anybody that believes yeah. that, those people are very susceptible to voting for Trump. And in particular, women. There's a lot of women, anecdotally, this is all anecdotal, but a lot of women yeah. that don't yeah. like her. And, by, and, and I have said this to the people telling me this. I have said, well, nobody can hate on a woman like another woman. So there could be some of that there. You know. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you know, um, uh, black women do tend to inspire reactions in some people. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> My girl uh, Tulsi Gabbard sure roasted a pig on stage there, like Hawaiians like to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's being 
believe on that. Now it's true. I mean, it was a sole flip-flop for Biden on the busing thing, um, and it was him caving to the George Wallace vote, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, the the, the uh, racist white suburban voters who now vote for Trump. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, well, here's the thing, though, Colin. The 1972 Delaware version. Before, um, before. But, uh, but no, I mean, look, um, the left doesn't like Kamala Harris because she's not progressive enough. She's not some kind of socialist fucking horse. Well, you know, before I get to the specifics on, on, on some of these predictions here, I just want to point this out as regards Joe Biden and the whole thing about, yeah, yeah. you know, socialism and everything like that. The, the thing that, and I think that is very legitimate to bring up in terms of socialism and everything like that, is that Biden throughout his career, if you, if you just take a dry, detached, non-emotional look at his career, is that he has pretty much followed the center of gravity wherever it may be in the Democratic Party. When he first came up in 72, Nixon was still president, still scarred by, oh, the 60s, oh, Democrats look like extremists, whatever. Oh, That's look, part... Look, you're trying to... Uh, yes, it's, you have a predictive model of how Joe Biden's going to behave. Well, I the, don't know if Joe Biden... Joe you know? Biden has always <laughs> gone to where the center of gravity is, and the center of gravity right yeah. now is pretty far left on the Democratic yeah. Party. He okay. says, okay. He, he says I'm not a socialist. President. Well, he says I'm not a socialist, and I beat Bernie, but then he also says in the next breath, I'm running on the most progressive platform in history. Which is it, Joe? It, it is both, because previous Democratic platforms were largely owned by corporations. The Democrats have not had a progressive platform in a long time economically, not a good one, um, uh, you can be the most progressive Democrat running for president and still not be very progressive, is all I'm saying. You're reaching there. You're reaching, bro. No, I'm being completely honest. <laughs> you guys have this weird caricature of the left. You guys think, think that these people that the real left can't stand you think that those people are Marxists. Um, um, what about AOC? AOC? Yeah. She is a sharp, sharp lady. She has some ambitious policy proposals. Okay. What don't you what what does she propose that you don't like? Uh the the Green New Deal, uh which tell basically me what, is tell me. Tell me what the Green New Deal is. Her thing, trillions of dollars being spent on that, a futile attempt to wipe out cow flatulence, which will cost trillions more, and all these okay, other things. Okay, yeah. okay, that's not in the real plan. <laughs> all that stuff is from some internal talking points that some idiot emailed out, right? <laughs> And Fox News has been going to town ever since. Did, Look, I've been working. I don't on watch Fox News. I wouldn't know. Green New Deal. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being really serious here. I've been working on stuff that's functionally green. I've been working on renewable energy stuff since uh, 2016, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, wind, wind, wind energy in particular. Um, this is not pie in the sky. This is serious major industrial stuff. This employs a lot of people. And it is a transition that is going to happen. We are not going to be burning fossil fuels in 30 years like we are now. It's just not going to be physically possible for us to do it. Um, the energy requirements will be too high. Um, so, so everybody we, in the oil industry, to, let them eat cake. All the employees in the oil industry? No! No! Look, I grew up in, in Texas. My parents get a royal, this is a 
very small royalty check every month. Okay. Half of, you know, a third of my college classmates went on to be oil field engineers. Okay. Right? This doesn't happen immediately. It happens over decades. <laughs> you know, uh, 20 years ago, natural gas was not what it is now. Yeah. It was a transition that happened over decades. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, uh, we, you will still use hydrocarbons for a vast number of things. Uh, feedstock for plastics, right? Yeah. That's gonna, still going to be huge. Eventually you'll, you'll, you know, you'll try to get to, you know, biodegradable and all that stuff. But, um, you know, ultimately the society has to get to a point where it puts out as much carbon as it pulls in. And, you know, it won't take, it, let me put it to you this way, it'll take a fraction of the effort that it took to win World War II, you know. Um, it just requires investment. My God, we can put hundreds of thousands of people uh, to work right now uh, putting in better roofing and insulation in schools, and it would save money, right? Uh, on who, this, on like, whose, this, is the, this is what the Green New Deal is. On whose it's dime? hiring people to do things. On whose dime? That we need done. On whose dime? Uh, 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 on whose dime did they build uh, the uh, interstate highway <laughs> On whose dime did they build uh, uh, the railroads? That's the, the dime. I th line. that's the dime I thought you were talking about. Okay, so we're dropping dimes here. Okay. Yeah, so, so, you're saying, you know, you, so we as a civilization cannot think of doing things as big as previous generations did, and I would argue more consequential. You think we are so limited? I mean, by God, the investment in the uh, 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 the interstate highway system has paid for itself many, many, many multiples. I don't. Over. I don't think just we're like, just like when just like when the Obama administration saved the car industry, we made these uh, taxpayer made me profit on that and saved hundreds of thousands of jobs and an iconic American industry. Well, I don't. I don't and think I, we're if, limited. If, if but... I'm not if a statist. Yeah, it, it, we, we do things because, you know, yeah. we as a society decide that this is worth doing. Why? Well, um, I, I, I um, believe in... continue to put gigatons. We are putting billions of tons of carbon into the atmosphere every year. Right. You just can't keep doing that. But, but, but I don't, but I don't think it's top down. I believe in human ingenuity and, and free enterprise. I mean, I, that, that's how I believe in so solutions. Do I. Coming about so well, that's, and so uh, what did Obama do with a good chunk of the AARRA money, the American Renewal Recovery Act money? Was they invested in? Uh, uh, they allowed companies to compete to get contracts to develop, you know, test uh, technology. Uh, sometimes it failed. For instance, the one the Republicans love talking about, Solyndra. Yeah, Solyndra. Yes, uh, the other eight. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to keep it that cheaper, <laughs> like we did in Ohio with nuclear. No, like we did in Ohio with nuclear. I, I think so. I think nuclear is a good way to go as well here. By, by the way, interesting that Biden is not running on the quote-unquote recovery act that he was in charge of ostensibly here. Yes, he is. Uh, yes. I don't yes, hear. He is all the time. I don't hear him talking about it very much. 
the the only reason that I remember what it's called is because he brought it up at both debates. Well, okay, once or twice he might have brought it up, but uh, the, the the 2010s were, were not fondly remembered, the early 2010s, for the strong roar back economically uh, here. I mean, essentially Obama had to get uh, elected in 2012 by being President Not Romney, which uh, has sort of set the stage for this year, and uh, President uh, Not Trump to be elected on Tuesday rather than President Biden. But uh, actually Obama was a pioneer of that strategy, I guess you could say. But, uh, you know, in... It, it, in, pioneer of what? Pioneer of what? Of, of just of, of not running as yourself, but running as not, as not being the other guy, and uh, I, basically. I, I, I just I think I think you and I lived in two different countries in twenty twelve. Yeah. Oh, oh come on, I, come not, on! Obama knew we couldn't not, run on the economy. That, he and he had an inept that opponent. Not, that is not President not Romney. That I, that I lived in. That President, I'm not yeah, Mitt was, Romney. That that was yeah. and and Romney being the scrub that he is. And by the way. Uh, I loathed Mitt Romney before it was fashionable to do so on the right side of the spectrum. I'm a Mitt Romney <laughs> hating hipster, basically. But uh, oh, good, good, I'm like, good. I'm like, you oh, hating Mitt Romney before everybody. Yes, yes. I, all right, predictions, predictions. Okay, here's what I got uh, on the presidential thing. I've got it: uh, Biden three fifty, Trump one eighty eight. I'm going with the complete map at Real Clear Politics, with one exception of the swing states. And I'm a little iffy on this with Biden taking Georgia, but generally speaking, wave elections, everything breaks. I've got Biden with Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Arizona. I've got Trump in Ohio, and I'm going out on a bit of a limb, Nevada, because supposedly he's doing pretty well in northern no. Nevada. Uh, Washoe no, County. the polls are terrible. Well, northern Nevada, I, I was reading some stuff that said that the Biden people are a little concerned about northern Nevada, so I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't, I don't want to just take the whole, you know, real clear politics thing here. I'll go out on a limb somewhere. I'm saying Biden 52 to 45 percent. Here's the thing, that Bush in 88 and Obama in 2008, 53 percent has sort of become the ceiling for these things here. We used to get 60% when it was LBJ, Nixon, Reagan, and a landslide. 53 is the cap. I give Biden a 25% chance to get the 54%. I give Trump a 15% chance to completely expose my predictions and win this thing. So just on the presidential level, where do you agree or disagree with what I just said? Oh, uh, I don't know. You know, the, the thing with the states is I think you're right that they're all, you know, these, um, I think the Midwest is, you know, Pennsylvania is a little closer than I was saying, but it's still, you know, voting around Philadelphia suburbs is very high. Right. And, you know, these are areas that have just swung Democratic. Right. Um, uh, uh, I think, yeah, you know, Georgia, who knows? North Carolina is still really close. I think Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina probably go together, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, I'm, I, I haven't really been thinking about what the totals are going to be. I was thinking more about the margin. I do think it's going to be pretty damn high. I mean, uh, Obama's margin in 08 was 7.5. Um, nobody loathed uh, John McCain. Yeah. A lot of people loathed Donald Trump. Yeah. So I, I, my suspicion is the margin's going to be up around 9. And I think third-party voting, you know, if it is a thing, it's only going to be a thing for Republicans. Democrats are not going to, you know, go yep. right in, you know, Marianne Williamson or something, sure. you know. And that's um, that's another so disadvantage I, I for Trump. That, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, uh, the the I think the margins can be a little higher than in the popular vote. Okay. Uh, and then um, 
so up around eight or nine percent, I think. So that would put Biden up around like at least fifty-five. You know, yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see what it comes down. That to. would be yeah. The, um, for for, for, for I, modern, I, I think that I think the Democrats capture. Oh, we haven't gotten to anything else. Well, let's um, let's do Senate. Uh, I'm going to okay. say Senate is 51-49 Democratic after this. Republicans obviously take back Alabama. Democrats obviously take Arizona, Colorado, and Maine. I'm, I'm giving them Iowa and North Carolina also, too. Tom Tillis is such a pud that he can't beat a guy who can't keep his pud in his pants. So he's so still what, losing what in the polls. So What is it with Tillis? I don't I know. I don't really pay much attention to him. Why does he just not click? He, I don't. He he just gives off career politician, non-entity, and you know. Uh, again, he's he's just he's just sort of there. So fifty-one forty-nine. I'm guessing you would agree that the Democrats will have the Senate. God, I hope so. Um, I think some of those Senate races are going to be tight, even with all the money. Um, but Lindsey Graham, I suspect, will still have his seat. Um, he's going to squeak through, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he just revealed himself to be a complete opportunist. That's all it is. No, I, um, never, I never liked him. Yeah. He's, he's a chicken hawk. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, he served. I can't say chicken hawk, but he is a neocon. I don't like neocons. Yeah. And yeah. he's yeah. an unre- unreconstructed neocon. In the House, I've actually got, in, in, in a climate where, again, the Democrats took seats last time that they should have been giving back this time, but I think the map is so bad they gained some more. I've got them going plus seven up to 239. Yeah, I mean, look, um, Democrats didn't lose House seats in 2008. Yeah. Right? They're, you know, you say they're in districts they should be, you know, the Republicans should be competitive. Uh, those districts may have changed so much that Republicans simply won't be competitive. I mean, one thing, you know, one, one dynamic is, um, that's happening is, uh, re- gerrymanders only last so long. Right. right. Because people move around. Right. Right. And a lot of these districts that have been gerrymandered to be like 55% Republican so they could, you know, pack uh, Democratic voters in a separate district. Uh, a lot of those districts, you know, all it took was some, especially women, to change their minds. Yeah. And um, at the same time, you have every two years a new cadre of uh, people who have grown up in a very different environment than Donald Trump did, right? Yes. Uh, 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 50% minority um, uh, uh, you, you have a gay friend or cousin or sibling, almost certainly. And, uh, yeah, Republicans are not, conservative Republicans are not going to be winning votes with the kids. Yeah. Uh, for a while. Yeah. Except for, except for, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, some younger white men, um, they're going to be drawn to, to the strong leader. They're going to be drawn to Mussolini and Trump. <laughs> well, on that I, note. I, I, when I see Trump stick his chin out. Mm-hmm. I think about films of Mussolini. Uh, Trump's speaking style is very similar. I mean, I've always felt, though, that that kind of stuff was, frankly, kind of hysterical because what Trump has proven in four years is he can't make the trains run on time. I mean, who cares if you aspire to be a dictator if you can't pull it off, Colin Delaney? Yeah, four more years. And, you know, <laughs> I don't say, say dictator, but the amount of damage they could cause would be substantial. Well, I mean, look, if, if, we get, if we get back to a country where half of Americans can't vote, well, yeah, and that's the previous conversation. I, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, listen, I said early on in Trump's oh, term, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, talk about writing a man's epitaph early on. I said early in his term 
that temperament is his Iraq, as far as Republican presidents go, and I think that's basically been it, that his temperament has led him uh, to all these places to run a crappy campaign, and uh, again, I think the major overarching thing is he tried to wish away coronavirus, and you can't do that. Uh, had he taken yeah, it head on, and, and look, had there never been a pandemic, if, if that pandemic hadn't come out of China, I'm going to say I think he wins re-election because I think the economy would have stayed strong. I think that would have decided it. But again, he has himself to blame for how he handled it. And the way that he handled it, I think, dug his own grave. So we'll see if my predictions hold true. I have a number of friends who are going to want to love to throw this back in my face, even though I'm not rooting for it. Uh, I mean, they'll say I did because I voted for Joe Jorgensen. But uh, regardless of that, uh, Colin Delaney, always a pleasure. Thank you for being here uh, for the predictions. Oh, wait, I, I have one more one more set of races to watch. Oh, yeah. The te- yeah, the Texas House of Representatives, my former employer. Okay. The Democrats need, I think it, it may be nine seats, which is a lot, Right. but um, if the Democrats could capture the House even by one seat, that would be huge for the next 10 years in Texas. We'll, we'll see what the turnout is. Bring out all your dead! <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Good luck trying to pull that off. Yeah. Well, I will say this again. As somebody who advance voted here in Cuyahoga County, Ohio, I will say this, you, you have to jump through more hoops than I thought going in, I must admit. So, you know, yeah, there's, I don't know how they administer it in other places, but at least in my county, I think it's pretty fraud-proof. So, we shall see how it goes. Always a pleasure talking this over with, and uh, since we've been talking these things, I think going back to the very early days of the Obama administration, we'll yeah. be talking it through. Whoever gets sworn in January 20th, you and I will still be here breaking it down afterwards. Always a pleasure. I know the race is still ongoing for you as we're recording this, so I can't thank you enough for taking time out for us. Always happy to join you, man. Really appreciate it, Colin. Thank you so much. Really, really love the segments here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini, episode 1296.